Welcome back to the QEH podcast, the place to find out more about the school and to connect with staff, pupils and parents at a deeper level. Each week we'll be interviewing people within the QEH community, asking them questions and spending time understanding more about them and more about the school. Now in this episode we're finding out what the whole admissions process is about. Anna Cousin is the Senior School Admissions Registrar, so I ask her a number of questions, including what does a registrar actually do? What kind of questions do people ask when they're considering which school is right for their child? We find out how far in advance parents should be thinking about all of this, what some of the questions are that parents and children ask, what financial assistance is available, is this the same as a scholarship, what the entrance exams are all about, and how long before a parent will know if they were successful in their application. It's all happening in this episode. So for all of that and for more, come with me as we speak to the Senior School Admissions Registrar, it's Anna Cousin. Anna, thank you for joining us on this episode of the podcast. How are you today? Uh, very well, thank you. Yes, just recovering after another busy weekend, but all good. Busy weekend. So what kind of things happen during a busy weekend for you? Well, I've got three children, uh, two of which are actually boys at this school and a little daughter as well. So I seem to spend most of my weekends chasing around after them and their various sporting and other activities, as well as walking the dog and all the usual things to keep a house running, really. Gosh. And what kind of sporting activities do you get involved in then with them? Well, the boys both play rugby at the moment for, for the school team. So that's fantastic. And um, they also play club rugby as well in the rugby season at the moment. Um, my daughter does school netball um, and she also does kickboxing as well as my oldest son who does kickboxing as well. So okay. quite a few varied things. Gosh. So a nonstop busy weekend. And yes. before we before we get into this actual recording, <laughs> tell me what, what's it like to work in the school and for your sons to be there as well? I think they hated it in the beginning. And <laughs> It definitely wasn't on the cards. They came here before I ever came here. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything sort of just ticked uh, ticked the boxes when um, I, I got the job and, and to work in the same place as them. The youngest one seemed to really enjoy it in the beginning and used to come and wave at me at my office window at break time. Mm-hmm. Uh, now he's moved up into the senior school this year. He's slightly more aloof. Uh, I do get the odd <laughs> wink in the corridor, um, but I definitely don't get the kind of hugs that I used to get when he was little. But uh, the oldest one, uh, not a lot of icons contact um, and no. we tend to try and avoid each other when we oh, yeah. arrive in the car park in the morning that's about it we say our goodbyes and then we see each other at the end of the day but no it's really nice to see them around the school occasionally well that's fair enough I mean I'm sure that everybody listening to this can remember what it's like to be that age and you know there, there are times where you really want to be with your parents but when you're with your friends quite often you don't want to be with your parents and that's all part of growing up really isn't absolutely. it absolutely I think they were very glad when I uh, said I wasn't going to be a teacher that was their first <laughs> question was you're not going to teach me are you and I said oh no 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 don't worry about that I think I'm be awful. <laughs> okay, so you're the admissions registrar for the senior school. First of all, just for anyone listening to this who maybe isn't familiar with independent school terms, what actually is an admissions registrar? What 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 what, what does that person do in a school? So we really um, sort out all the new boys and girls starting throughout the school. So for every year group entry, uh, we have our classic entry points at year three, five, seven nine and then at year 12 um, and we organize all the application forms all the exams getting all the offers out getting all the offers back in um, and then just getting everything ready from reports from previous schools all the documentation we need right through to um, the new parents open mornings nearer the event and getting the children in for taster days and everything sort of between the two but it's really filling the school up with new pupils and getting the right pupils for our school. Gosh, right. So it really is the the intake point for the school in that case. It is, yes. Okay, so let's imagine then that I'm a parent and I have a son and I'm thinking about which school to send him to or I have a daughter and I'm thinking about which 
uh, sixth form college she might be interested in or sixth form department in a school, then what would I actually do? I mean, what's my initial process? What's my what's the first thing that I do? What's my first step in this? First of all, I would say, obviously, do your research as to what kind of school or um, secondary education you're looking for, particularly at sixth form, whether a college as opposed to a, um, a sixth form at a school. Um, so do all your research and then go and visit as many places as you can to get a good wide variety and, and to see what sort of works best for your child. You need to be looking about a year in advance so for we are currently working at the moment on September 2023 entry point mm -hmm. so we've had an open day an open morning in October we've got another one this week and then we do do one in March but that's for people who are sort of super keen for the year after so you need to be thinking about it now go and see as many as you can um, they often put on really good evenings for sixth form we tend to do it over an evening because all the pupils want to come and for the senior school and the junior school we do it on a Saturday so that we obviously don't have to take children out of school mm. um, then once you've maybe shortlisted or decided on a particular one um, look at the application process for us we do an online application process you fill out the online application send in a registration fee and then depending on what sort of um, application you're going for, whether it's a scholarship or a straightforward non-scholarship application will depend on what documentation we need. And that's often a passport, a report from a previous school, maybe for sixth form, it would be your predicted grades and then get all that all into us. Um, and then we move to sort of the exams for the younger ones um, and offer letters for the sixth formers. Okay. Now you mentioned scholarships there. So I'm going to ask you a little bit about that later on in this podcast episode then. But first of all, let's just jump back to visiting different schools. What sort of things should I be looking out for? What sort of questions should I be asking when I come into any of these schools? Obviously, we're, we're slightly different here at QEH because um, from year three up to year 11, we're a single sex education. So obviously, you need to know points like that before going to a school. Um, so if single sex, a boys education is for you, then QEH is a, is a great place to start as with one of the only ones in central Bristol that does that. So I think depending on what sort of education you want for your child is, is a first step. Look at all the subject teachers, the facilities they've got, um, everything, everything that you feel would suit your child if your child's particularly sporty, looking at that if your child's musical looking at that side of it or a mixture of both but don't just concentrate on academics you need to look at the pastoral care the enrichment program schools put on and and creating the well-rounded child because mental health nowadays um, and what what our children really in the last few years have been through is absolutely huge and is is so much a part of it as well as just coming out with fantastic academic results they need to come out as a whole rounded individual who can cope in today's you know pretty stressful environment Mm, mm. And of course, I, I imagine that visiting all of these schools is going to take quite a bit of time. And, you know, people are busy, parents are busy, quite often, both sets of parents are working these days. So if someone is thinking about coming along, should they bring their, their partner with them to the school? I imagine you're going to say that's a good idea. But what are the different ways that families tend to manage that? I mean, is it good for one parent to go to these schools, the other parent to go to those schools, or for both parents to go to all schools? I mean, what, what's, the, what's the best way to do that? I think if you can, for both to go to both, because then you're comparing like for like, because mm -hmm. something that um, a man might look at compared to a woman might be quite different. Mm. Most schools do run things on Saturday mornings to try and assist parents who are working in the week. But also schools can be flexible. So if you can't make an open day here, we can do individual tours and we do a lot of individual visits. So we get people. And again, it's completely up to you whether you bring your son or daughter to those visits. Some people want to include their child. Other people actually want to look at the school without their child being 
present um, maybe have some questions they want to speak to teachers or the head about where they don't necessarily want their child listening or mm. on the other hand it's a very open process or some come and do that bit first and then think you know what we really like this school we now want to bring you know Fred or Sandra in or whoever um, mm. to look around the school so I think it's getting the right path but really if you could an open day is a great place to start because we are showcasing the school and all the teachers are there and it's mm. and you get shown around by pupils you get an honest an honest truth generally from them um about what it's like to be at the school and we do the same on individual visits all our individual visits all the tours are done by pupils because if i take you around i'm i'm here to i'm going to sell the, try and sell the school to you whereas pupils they 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 say the raw truth really don't they you know they um they show you things that probably i i wouldn't even know existed in this school so um i think that's really really great way of 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 seeing the real school is when they're shown around by the pupils and go around all the classes so um so yeah come on an open day and then come on an individual tour if you've still got questions for us so I imagine that when the pupils are showing visitors around the school, then they'll say some lovely things and you're thinking, <laughs> oh, that's a really lovely thing. Of course, you won't know half the things that the pupils say, I, I imagine. But equally, sometimes they might say something. And, and if you were a fly on the wall, you'd be thinking, oh, gosh, don't say that, whatever you do. I mean, how do you how do you manage that? I mean, you can't really manage that. But but you how, do you, how do you manage that your, yourself internally? <laughs> you can't. You just have to hope and pray. And generally 99% of the time the feedback we get is oh wow they were such lovely people I really hope my son or daughter turns out to be like them uh, mm. we we touch wood never really hear bad things which is good but actually what they say I will never know and we just have to trust them that they enjoy being here as much as they all say they do and they all appear to that they're saying absolutely kind of the right things but I think a bit of raw truth is 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 genuine as well you know when they're when they're asked if they like meat free Monday I can honestly say my boys would say I don't like it I don't want meat free Monday and if they say that to the parents well you know that's their honest truth but it's not going to affect whether you send your child or daughter to the school so mm. Uh, mm. Yeah. So what are some of the typical questions then that, that parents ask? And, and, and I imagine that this changes depending on what age the, the child is. Um, but let's imagine that I'm a parent and, and I've got a child at the start of year six right now. And they're, they're, you know, I'm looking around for which school they're going to go to when they, when they reach year seven. What are some of the typical questions that, that I might be asking you? I think um, a lot want to know why a single sex education would work and um, for us um, what we say for for the boys in particular is it's a chance we do shorter lessons so we, um, it's known that sort of boys at that age their attention span is slightly shorter so we do shorter lessons to help them we rarely do double lessons unless it's kind of a science where they need to have a double period to get things done mm -hmm. if it's a real sitting down um, academic lesson or one or two of those we'd then really try and mix it up with a, a drama or a PE or something where they're moving because boys need that we always get them outside whenever we can they need a run around and they need really good food so the lunch provision is amazing so um Lots of questions are, you know, why, why single sex? And that's a lot of our answer. But and also they don't have to worry about impressing girls, which is a big thing, especially kind of, year, you know, years eight, nine and ten when they're all growing up. And there's not the distraction of girls in the classroom. However, mm. hopefully by the time they hit sixth form, they've dealt with that bit. They're ready for the distraction. And actually the girls are such a fantastic addition to our sixth form. Um, and it really, really works well across the school to have that little intake of girls um, in, in our sixth form. So I suppose it's why why single sex education? What does a school day look like? Yeah, just just normal questions. I think that often children would ask, you know, what what lessons were I doing? What, you know, what, what 
what's compulsory, you know, what, what subjects we do, what can you drop for GCSE, how many A-levels can you do, mm. all the kind of standard questions when you're looking at sort of the long-term education of your child. And then I imagine that the whole decision-making process changes when you, you might have a girl who's currently in year 11 and they're, they're, they're trying to work out where they should go for, for year 12 and year 13. And I imagine that a lot of that decision-making process is, is on the child and less so on the parent. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think by the time they get to year 11, they need to be kind of making their own decisions, often guided by parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but by then they know what A-levels they want to do. They often have a good idea of where they want to go further on after that as well. So it is much more led. And we, our sixth form evening is is, is aimed at that the sixth formers rather than the parents, whereas our open mornings are much more kind of aimed at the parents who are making the decisions at that age. So what are some of the typical questions then that, that a current year 11 girl might have? How many girls are you taking into the sixth form? How mm-hmm. many boys will there be in the sixth form? What provision is there for girls? What sports will we do? Are sports compulsory? Because often a lot of sixth forms, you don't have to do any sort of sport at all and whether that's compulsory here. Questions on enrichment programme. One of the things we do at QEH, which is slightly different, is we um, start with four A-levels. So a lot of question is, why do we do four A-levels? Can we drop an A-level? Those kind of things. So it is, and it's much more led by... By, by the pupil than the parents. Mm. Um, a lot come from, you know, the various schools just to look around. Some are ready for a change and some are just looking to see, you know, actually looking somewhere else. Oh, I think I'm, I'm still happy where I am. So it's, mm. it's interesting. We tend to get a, a huge interest. And then obviously over the weeks after the open evenings, then we see the taster days happening and people coming in and actually trying the lessons and staying for lunch and being a real sixth former here, which is fab. And then um, the applications, um, the applications come in accordingly. So. so I'm going to ask this on behalf of anyone who might be listening. Uh, are you able to drop an A-level in that case? You can. Yes, you can drop to um, three A-levels. What we tend to do is if you want to drop your fourth A-levels, you do an EPQ, which is like an extended project. Um, That's exactly what it is. It's an extended project. So you apply to do one of those rather than a fourth A-level. And that looks good as well on your UCAS form. So yeah, most, you don't have to stay on and and, and do all four. Some do, some drop to three and the EPQ. Okay, right. Now you mentioned earlier on scholarships and and I said I was dying to come back to that. Some schools talk about scholarships, some schools talk about bursaries, some schools talk about financial assistance. Are these all the same thing or are, are they different? And within QEH, are they are they all of all one thing altogether? No, they're different. So scholarship programme, actually up until this year, um, there was a financial discount if you got a scholarship at QEH. Um, as of this year, we have removed that financial discount. So now you get the title of a scholarship and there are some grants available to help with your scholarship. For example, if you had a, a music scholarship, you could use it to, to buy music or buy instruments, same with sports if you needed sports equipment that sort of thing um, but the actual discount on the fees has been removed and instead that money has been moved into our bursary fund so bursary and financial assistance are one and the same um, and we want to open our school up to a wider range of people within within Bristol and, mm. and be the city school that we were always set up to be so we've moved some of the, the scholarship money into the bursary fund to try and um, give you know a broader range out there so 
bursaries are available. Um, you complete a bursary application alongside your normal application um, and then they're all dealt with and then people are brought in for interviews and things. And the big question is, you know, how much is a discount? I know that's going to be asked. They range. They can be from as low as 10% off the fees right up to 110% off the fees where we're also paying for the child's transport, the child's school lunches and you know the uniform so there is an absolute sliding scale and that will depend on so many factors um uh, you know obviously you know parental incomes a big thing but obviously you know siblings everything else that's involved and that's what the bursary do they look at the whole picture and then um, and then they bring the parents in as well and discuss it with them and then come to kind of a, a mutual arrangement that's going to work so it is lovely when you see bursary children who wouldn't be able to come here either who absolutely deserve a place at this school coming and it's it makes often makes their world but often makes their family's world as well and then you hear about a younger brother who wants to come along later and things so it is really nice mm-hmm. so do you think that there are situations where somebody would like to send their son or their daughter to the school and maybe they can't afford a hundred percent of the fees and they're thinking that some kind of financial assistance would enable that to happen but maybe they're thinking, oh, there's no point applying for this because actually it's never going to, you know, we're, we're never going to be successful in that application. Oh, no, definitely go for it. I think at the moment there's almost like that middle bracket that's being squeezed that, you know, could afford it just at a real push. But who knows what's happening at the moment, you know, with all everything going up, mortgage rates and energy bills and everything. And they're, they're almost in that dilemma of it would absolutely stretch us to the limit. We wouldn't be able to do anything else. Or if we got a little bit of help, that could be the difference and absolutely go, you know, put in an application. And I think what a lot of people are worried about is if they put in a bursary application and it gets turned down, then their child is just forgotten about. And that's absolutely not the case. What we would do is if your child does well in the exam, and we want to offer a place we would send an offer out that says unfortunately we're unable to give any discount however there is a full fee paying place available and a lot of people don't realize that they think that if they put in for a bursary and it gets declined then their child is out but it, it doesn't work like that at all or it might be that they've applied for you know a full bursary and we turn around and say do you know what we can't do that but we could give you 50 percent." so yeah mm. definitely if in doubt it's worth going for it and also speak to the bursary department. They're all experts. They, they see these applications day in, day out, and they would be able to give good advice. But definitely don't do it because of money or don't not do it because of money. I mean, mm. you know, always worth applying. Now, a couple of minutes ago, you mentioned the exams. What, what are the exams all about? Some schools have entrance exams, some don't have entrance exams. Why does QEH have them and what are they actually like anyway? We do it in the best format that we can. So we do our exams. This is for year seven and year nine applications. So we do them in January. We do them on two Saturdays in January, just due, due to the sheer numbers of children, although year nine is only one set date. And um, we test uh, the children in maths, English and verbal reasoning. And it's just to get a better picture We've already had the child in, hopefully, for a taster day. And during that taster day, we've interviewed them. So the head of school, Mr Heathcote, will have interviewed them and the head of Year 7. So we've got a little bit of detail about the child. Uh, we've, we've, we've had a conversation with them. Uh, we've also got a report from their old school. And we now need to see what the academics are like. But it's 
it gives us a better picture if we've done all those things together. They might have a really bad Saturday and not perform particularly well in the exams, mm. but they mm. might have absolutely smashed it in the interview and been the loveliest child with the best conversation skills ever. So it, it gives us a chance to not just look at one thing and look at the whole picture. And that's what we put together in order to offer places or not. Um, and it just helps us differentiate because at the end of the day, there has to be a level that the boys are at in order to get into the school, but mm -hmm. also that, you know, that it is a broad, a broad spectrum of the absolute highest of the high who we would then offer academic scholarships to right down to, you know, the average, the average child out there. So, mm. um, and also means when we're making up classes, you haven't got all the absolute brain boxes in one, we can split them all across and just, just creates a much nicer mix for the school. And at the moment, it's just the three papers. All the children come in on the Saturday and we take them off in groups of 10 or 12. So they're not in a huge exam hall. It's very friendly. They're with an individual teacher in a classroom. They sit one paper, they sit another, they come outside for a run around. We give them lots of nice brownies and cookies, keep them well fueled. And then they go and sit another paper and then they're picked up by their parents and they're here for two, two and a half hours in total in the morning um, as well. Some children have a bit of extra time if they've, if they've got additional needs where they're allocated extra time. Those children, you would never know. They are kept in one group, taken to a classroom, but no one sees them as anywhere different because they're all taken to classrooms anyway. So it's only that their parents actually pick them up 45 minutes later. But again, the children don't know because there's a whole mass coming out at the same time. So mm. we do it as sort of sympathetically as we can. And, and it's, um, it's a really nice morning. The kids seem to be really relaxed. It's, it's not that daunting and they've seen most of the questions before it's kind of standard stuff that they've done especially in their year six sats it's very very similar so it sounds like an awesome morning it really does I mean I'm in my 40s I might come along come along to one of these myself and actually I'm really glad that you said that it's in groups of roughly 12 because in my head I just imagined it being in a great big hall a bit like you know back in the day when when I or when some of the parents listening to this did their GCSEs that kind of thing yes I thought it would be like that but not at all they're taken to the theatre the headmaster calls them out in groups of like say 10 or 12 depending on numbers and they literally walk out of the theatre in that group and that's their group for the morning and they're allocated to teacher they go off to a classroom it's very relaxed the teacher will talk them through everything they can put their hand up if they need to go to the loo all those things they're not because I thought that if they're in a huge hall it can be horrible but no it's mm. more just like going into a classroom for a normal lesson okay and then after the exam how long does it take for me to find out as a parent whether or not my child has been successful well, so to give you an example for this current year, our exams are on the 14th and the 21st of January 2023, and mm -hmm. we are sending our offer letters out on the 3rd of Feb. So it's two, two, three weeks. Oh, so, so quite soon quick. after then. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's quick. So we'll have done everything else pre pre that, like I say, all the interviews and the taster days. Um, if you've had, if you've had a successful bursary application, you'll have been interviewed prior to that as well. So on that third, everyone's letters go out at exactly the same time. In fact, this year we're going out by email for the first time ever. So I think we're planning it for six o'clock that night and everyone will know exactly the same time whether Fantastic. they've got a place or not. <laughs> that, this is just senior school, not sixth form though. Sixth form's a week later, the 10th of Feb. Okay, right. Understood. Got it. Anna, we're coming to the end of this podcast episode now. If I'm, again, if I'm a parent, I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, I've still got more questions. What's the best thing to do? How should I go about contacting you? Just give us a call. Just literally look on the website. There's a lot of information on the website, but just give us a call. Um, myself and Carolyn work in the admissions department. We're happy to talk to anyone at any time. You can tell I quite like talking. Tess is in the junior <laughs> school. Junior admissions is slightly different to senior admissions where it runs more across the year, but um, it's best just to focus 
phone up, get your questions answered and um, and then come in. If you ever want to come in and see us, we're, well, we're here term time, obviously, term time, daytime only. So, um, so yeah, we're, we'll welcome anyone to come in at any time. We love the school. It's a beautiful building. It's a great place to work. So we'd love people to come in and see us at any time. Well, we'll put that website into the show notes along with the phone number. For anyone listening, though, it's qehbristol.co.uk. Uh, but in the meantime, Anna, thank you so much for your time. It's been really good talking to you. Thank you for giving it up here on a Monday afternoon to talk to us about the admissions process. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. So that was the Senior School Admissions Registrar, Anna Cusson. Anna, it was great talking to you and I do hope I did my job properly by asking you the kind of questions that parents would want to know who are listening to this episode right now. That said, if you're listening to this and you do have more questions, then do follow up with Anna by visiting the school website or by calling the main number. I just looked it up. It's 0117-930-3040. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.